Yeah, it's so good to see them and the little dudes here. And then Chris Harris. Chris, you want to stand up? Chris is a guy with a great haircut like mine. Um, Chris and Angel and their son Isaiah moved here this week from Orlando, Florida to be part of our team. Chris, uh, you'll be seeing a lot of him and just uh, really excited to have them join our church family and our team here. So I'm going to let Matt and Gannon just share a little bit of what happened to the students. Yeah, um, so camp was amazing. Um, I feel like every, every year that I've been involved in any sort of a camp, I come away from it and students come away from it saying, this was the best camp ever. And like, it's true because every camp is the best camp ever, even if the last one was the best camp ever. Um, but part of, part of church camp uh, is, is injuries. And luckily, none of our students got injured this year. But one of our leaders did. Uh, so that was awesome. I think, like, how, how far into camp did Courtney break her ankle? She broke her ankle on day one. Uh, I don't think she was the quickest person at camp to break her ankle this year. Um, there was a student that broke his camp 20 minutes in. Luckily, he was not one of ours. Uh, so, uh, but it was really awesome. There were, there were 770 adults and students at this camp, 655 of them alone were students uh, from churches all around Ohio. Uh, we were the only ones from Kentucky. There was, there was some from Michigan, Iowa, uh, St. Louis, all, like all over the place. And, and there were, uh, to, to my knowledge, as of right now, 45 first-time decisions for Jesus at the camp this year. So that was great. Uh, but it was just really cool, our group in particular, just seeing the way it went from like surface level conversation night one to, uh, to just to really deep spiritual, meaningful conversations as the week progressed. And it was just, yeah, it was awesome to see that. And I, I just always, I, I love seeing the relationships kids build with other kids from other churches. And, and the Lord just reminded me of, uh, earlier earlier this morning uh, of a kid that I built a relationship with at a camp uh, when I was freshly out of college and he and I are still like best friends today and uh, just the meaningful relationships that, that these kids have built and some of them have even drawn like tattoos on Gannon so that's awesome you can see the the tattoo he's going to get that tattooed on him I guess um, but yeah so Gannon uh, is going to share uh, his experience at camp as well so here you go I wrote it down to make sure I don't forget it. Oh, I gotta, is that better? All right. Well, uh, we were all in the evening service on Tuesday, and the pastor was talking about how if uh, you need God or you don't know him or you don't have a relationship with him, that he wants you and that we should go head to the back of the room and receive prayer because that's where all the leaders and the counselors were. So I walked back there and I asked for prayer because I've always wanted a relationship with him, but I've always felt like I'm either talking to myself or if I hear like a voice, I can't ever like tell if it's in my own head or if it's actually him talking to me. But after I received prayer, I instantly understood that like since the start of this year, exactly when it was him talking to me, and also he told me a like timeline of events that took me from like the darkest point in my life all the way until now where I'm doing pretty good. 
And he showed me that like all the worst things that happened to me this year were for a specific crucial reason in bringing me closer to him. And how in the few times, in the few times that I did like obey what he said were the most important in bringing me closer to him. And after receiving prayer and seeing this timeline of events, I can really feel when it is him talking to me and not my own head. And when I talk to him, it doesn't just feel like I'm talking to no one. Well, hey, I want to... I wanna invite the Latvia team up now. And I was just thinking that coming from Latvia and coming back here today, um, Latvia had a day when we were there that where they were kind of selling, it was like their Independence Day. And they've been a sovereign nation for just about 30 years because they said they were occupied by the Soviet Union or Russia and then became the part of the Soviet Union. And they were very oppressed by communism for a long time. And I was thinking about here um, with Independence Day, just, it's, it's amazing, like, part of the gospel is Jesus came to set captives free. And I think one of the moorings and values that we have in our country is freedom. And, but, it's, it, but it's interesting how even sometimes in freedom, we can still be enslaved to fear, or to racism, or to hatred, or to, like, just trying not to be, like, from where we came or whatever. And it was interesting, because Latvia is a free country, but there's still so much fear after years of oppression by the Soviet regime. There were so many informants and communism is just brutal. Communism is the political system of atheism, so it's godless. And really, in its godlessness, it's really satanic. And there was so much sadness and brokenness and just people, a lot of people don't smile there. And there was such a stark difference between the people who had received Christ and the people that hadn't. And so as we celebrate our independence this week, you know, just, um, you know, that we can have all the freedom in the world, but if we're not internally free, it doesn't matter. Because they have just as much freedom as we do, but yet they're still carrying around a lot of the bondage of the, um, live the communistic society that they were embroiled in. And I also want to encourage you, I know there's a lot of stuff stirring in our country about, you know, different uh, uh, different uh, like political systems. And you know, the bottom line is, is, is keeping our focus on Jesus. And it's not a matter of capitalism or socialism or communism, because none of that stuff really ever freed anyone long, right? Because all of those have their good points and their bad points. I don't know if communism has any good points, but, um, but they all have their, have, have their things, but they can all enslave us if we don't keep our eyes on the prize. Right, because greed, you know, capitalism is a, a system that like where everyone has the opportunity to make it and to generate wealth, and it's a great thing, but then a lot of people in our country are just seduced and stuck in greed and chasing the almighty dollar in their eyes. So there's all these different things that like are really, they can be really good, but they're all still made by people, and the ultimate thing that we need to be free is Jesus. Because there's people who are in communistic countries right now that are the freest people in the world. They may be sitting in a prison, but they're free because of the freedom that Jesus gives them inside. So the world doesn't give it and the world can't take it away.
So what I want to do is I want to give some people on my team a chance to share just some things that happened over there that God did that were really beautiful. Because we had a team of 14 of us. Chris Cousin was going to share today, but he's not. I feel like I've got nunchucks. Like, whoa! Like, I'm just keep waving these around. Sorry, it's my Jewishness. Like, I can't talk. If you don't want me to shut up, like, put me in handcuffs. So you're like, hey, handcuffs coming next week. So, but, um, so yeah, as I do my batons or my nunchucks, I'm going to give this, and I'm going to, I'm going to let Kathy start. And Kathy... Start me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never s- make a grown man cry. Thank you, Mick Jagger. You're up. So I'm going to let Kathy, people are just going to kind of share like a little clip it and snippet of what kind of happened and some ways they saw Jesus move on this trip. Okay, so um, just starting off. Um, the whole idea, like this morning, the whole thought of being on mission came to my mind because if you ask me if God sent me to Latvia, I would say yes. But did God tell me to go? I would say no. There was never a moment when I thought God is telling me to go to Latvia. In fact, I had a friend ask me about that, like, God's saying for you to go? And I'm like, no. I mean, I think that God wants us to go on mission. So if we ask God, should I go on mission? He will always say yes. So I went with that in mind. I didn't hear anything from God. I just figured if he didn't want me to go this time, then he would close the door. Uh, We didn't have any money. And there were three of us going in our house. So it was like everything times three. (laughs) Um, But God sent us there. He provided all of the funds for us to go. And it was until the very last minute. So praise God for that, right? Um, but also like when you, when you go on mission, you have a different mindset, right? There are some things that you do on mission that are very different than you would do at home. Like getting up in the middle of the night to pray. That was like our first task, was everyone assigned an hour to get up in the middle of the night and pray and see what God is telling you for Latvia. (laughs) So like that was the first task, was waking up in the middle of the night to go pray. Um, Other tasks like sharing a bathroom with 19 other people. One bathroom and a toilet where you cannot flush the toilet paper. Yeah, let that sink in a little bit. So these are some things that we had to do that we don't do normally at home. Um, And then, you know, we all had some tasks that we normally do at home. But it seems different when you're on a mission trip, right? Like things like taking out the trash, that was a whole different, especially the bathroom trash. That was a whole different experience than it is at home. But um, things like washing dishes and mopping the floor, things that just seem like nothing. But when you're on mission, it's important, right? Like it's really meaningful. Um, But then there were some things that God showed me on the trip because I expected to hear him talk. Right? So I'm on mission, I'm waiting, and everything that comes to my mind I think is God's voice. So I'm waiting for it and waiting for it, and people keep talking about the season, right? Because we were there for the celebration of the summer solstice, which is a pagan tradition, 
but I really wanted one of those wreaths of flowers. I didn't get one, but I really wanted one, right? Because, but then when they were telling me what it all meant, I thought there's no way I should get one of those because I can't like celebrate with the pagans. But the whole idea of season changing was so important because like what Ryan was saying about the winter, the winter there is so hard because they only have a few hours of daylight. So it's dark and it's really cold. And they said that incidents of like depression and sadness are super high in Latvia where they're not as high here, I guess. I don't know because while we were there, we only had a few hours of darkness. It was daylight from three in the morning until 11 o'clock at night. So we got a lot done. And, um, but you know, it's hard to, to see that, right? Like, as we're there in the summer. And so I felt like God was sending me, I'm gonna let you hold that. Um, because God spoke to me. Uh, the first thing that he said came from the Song of Solomon, uh, chapter two, verse 10, where he said, come with me. The winter is done. The rain has passed. The flowers have appeared, and it's time to prune the vines. The turtle dove is heard through the land. And then he moved me on to Isaiah 45, verse 2. I will go before you and level the mountains. So this whole idea of the winter is over. And at first I was like, yes, thank you for that, that word for Latvia. And then God said, it's not just for Latvia, it's for you. Because some of you know from a previous testimony I gave about morning prayer that I've been praying for my family for like over a year now. I want God to restore my family. My daughter, 17, still doesn't live with us. And I wanted God to make it the way that it was. So I've been praying hard for over a year, getting up early, like five o'clock on Wednesdays is early. I'm like, God, do this for me. And then God gave me a dream in Latvia. And in the dream, I was going back to my childhood home, but the doors were locked. And the person that lived there wasn't home. I called and the person listened to my story and then said, no, you can't go back. You can't come back here. Everything's different, it's all changed. And God was telling me, no. It's not going to go back to the way that it was. Because the, but your winter is over. So walk with me. I want to bring you into a new time, a new season. And about that time, uh, Clarine asked me if I would help with the garden in the back. It was full of weeds and snails and this giant tree that really needed pruning. And I was telling her about the tree and she's like, why did you have to prune it? It was beautiful. I said, because there's so much dead inside. And if you don't prune the outside leaves, you, you don't get the dead out. And at that moment, God was talking to me, it's time for you to prune. It's time for you to get rid of those things that are hiding all of the dead. Because I wanna take the dead out. Like your life is not gonna look the same. I want to redeem it, but it's not the same. The winter is over. The time for mourning has passed. The flowers are blooming and it's time to move on. And I just feel like, like we came back and we started in with morning prayer here and everyone is talking about a new season for our church. 
And so I felt like I need to share that with you guys too, that if you've been mourning, God sees it, but your winter is over. And it's time to move on. And he wants to lead you into a new season. And he's already gone before you and leveled the mountains. So it'll be easier for you to get there. Okay, dog. Hi. I may not need a microphone, but I'll use it anyway. Me llamo Pedro. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to teach everybody how to say that. Just give me a second. I had to write everything down too, you know. So I've got uh, three points of uh, interest that uh, came to me from Lavia. The first thing was that I felt like I was at home. And the way that I knew that I felt like I was at home, Ryan uh, introduced me to a uh, younger couple, and he said, um, hey, Pedro, bust out some Spanish. Okay, we're in Lavia. So I said, hola, como estas ustedes? Yo me llamo Pedro. And there was like a Costa Rican family there. And I thought, okay, this is weird. You're in Lavia, halfway around the world, and you meet a Costa Rican family? Yeah, you're at home. God's working somewhere. So... I'm real big about languages and like want to learn them and everything. So I want to teach you right now in Latvian how to say your name. Are you ready? I want you to repeat after me. Mani. Mani. Sauch. And then say your name. There you go. Mani Sauch. Very good. So you just say Mani Sauch and then you say your name. There's a funny story behind that because when I was working with one of the guys, his name is uh, uh, Maurice. I was holding a grinder in my hand, and I asked him, how do you say this? And he said, that is, uh, that is flexus. So I said, awesome, Manisouch flexus. I'm going to change my name to grinder. I'm going to become Lafian. And he just rolled in laughter with that. Um, while I was there, there was a sense of calmness that came over me. Um, if you can't tell it right now, I kind of am. Um, even though I really wasn't sure what I was getting myself into, um, there was a lot of work. There was a, um, a lot of different tasks that I've had a little bit of experience into. But um, all the guys, John, Chris, Ian, Keith, Bob, everybody that I worked with, you know, they overlooked all of my mistakes, you know, ribbed me a little bit. And I love that because working in the industry that I work with, <laughs> nobody pulls any punches. And that was really cool. Uh, the landscape and people, like you were talking about, the landscape was a lot the same. Very green, very lush. But the people were not friendly whatsoever. As a matter of fact, you know how when you guys wave at each other as you're driving by? And that doesn't happen. I think I got waved at once, and it wasn't the wave that you normally see. Um, <laughs> we were walking down to the store, and there was a car, and I stopped, and I waited for them. And I waited. And I said, come on, let's go. And they finally went. It was like just the like most unfriendly way ever, so it was really cool. Um, the road signs were the only difference. Now, Kathy and I took a walk down a couple of blocks. There was this hammock park, and I said, let's go check out the hammock. This was Father's Day. My, my favorite thing to do is to swing in a hammock. So that was my Father's Day present. We, we kept walking, and there was a stop sign. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I want to know how to say stop in Latvian. So I said, I've got to walk to the other side. Sure enough, here in America, we have Latvian stop signs because on the other side of that sign was STOP. 
I was like, this is awesome. Um, I've developed a family of friends here at this church that I already had, but I didn't have that, um, the depth that I needed. Like with Bob, with Keith, John Mercer, I love you. You're awesome. Your jokes and your work. I just love your work ethic, man. Um, well, we've also got this bomb with vin, vin, uh, bond with Vineyard Tulsi. Um, and like uh, Kuzan said, now we have face to the family. Uh, that's really cool because now we have people that we can relate to. Um, but the, the biggest thing that I took back, um, and this was a little bit back from when I came from man camp. When I finally got back on work to Tuesday, there was this renewed sense of joy that I had because I realized how blessed we are. You know, Ryan, you talked about that earlier. Um, everything that we've got, like everything on this stage, could be gone in two minutes. And we could go down to the store and get it all replaced within 15 minutes. That's not happening in this, some of these other countries. You know, I mean, we saw appliances. We saw, I mean, that picture of me working on a grill, that was a medical table frame you know, from like a hospital that we all cut apart and we cut these drums out and made them and I welded them together to make a grill. I mean, it's like junkyard wars, you know, so we're just really blessed. We're really highly favored here in these states and I'm carrying that joy with me. And every time I reflect on this trip for the past week, I've just smiled and I've just really cherished that moment. Kathy wants to talk. To, Kathy wants me to talk about the cops. Can I talk about that? The cops. Yeah. So I got in trouble over there too. Okay. Um, I'm not happy about this, but the the uh, Ritus was a guy uh, over there. Uh, one of his fingers is equal to three of mine. And if you can impersonate, like, if you can imagine what Shrek would look like in human form, this is this guy. He owns a, a secondhand store, like a thrift store. And, and I'm walking through there and I see this little back room, no lights, and it says, you know, in Lavian, second story. So I start walking. I see these tents and I'm like, awesome. I need tents for camping. This will be great. I hear this little alarm go off and I thought, eh, it's nothing, you know, kept on walking. <laughs> Kathy says, hey, maybe you should come back. Maybe you should come back. And I'm like, what? Okay, so I'll come back. We walk around for a little bit more. Guess who shows up? A Latvian security guard. Um, one of the uh, young ladies that we were with, she walks up to the guard and says, do you speak English? No. I was like, oh, this is going to great, great. <laughs> I'm going to get eaten and then arrested. So um, the owner of that shop, Raitis, um, was very understanding, forgave me, you know, reset the alarm and everything, and we became pretty good friends. It was really cool. So thankfully he didn't get thrown in jail or anything because he'd probably still be there. So, but my name is Bob and uh, I was part of this team. As Ryan said, there were 14 of us over there and we went to Latvia and probably before we started talking about it, before we went on this trip, a lot of you probably didn't even know what Latvia was or where it was or that it was even a country. And uh, now this 14 people in the team, we not only know what it is, but we've been there. And it's exciting to be halfway across the world and to be able to, to meet other Christians and to be part of a church 
and part of getting the church started. Like they said, when we got there, there was only one bathroom and uh, all of us had to deal with that one. And the thing is, they were talking about how people were unfriendly, but we found some people of peace. There was a lady that opened up her home for all of us to be able to come in and take showers. And uh, I mean, 14 people coming in, we went in in groups of three or four, and she was so friendly. She not only was giving us showers, she was giving us food. She was wanting us to stay. Do you want to stay for dinner? I mean, she was just overly friendly, and she was one of those people of peace that we ran into. And it is nice to know that you can go pretty much anywhere in the world and find other Christians, find other believers that you can worship with. And we... In the church that's over there, there were people from Africa. There was a guy from Nigeria. There was people from um, South America. There was somebody from Brazil there. I mean, there was a large diversity of people, and we got to be a part of that. And they opened up their lives and allowed us to be part of it and to be able to help them out there to come to this church, and it didn't look, if you're seeing on these pictures, it doesn't look anything like a church. It's an old Soviet building that we stepped into to try to, as you can see, we're putting a facade on the front of it to make it look better. And inside the building, there are, they, they made us great bunk beds that we could sleep in. And Chris and Joby and Ryan and the rest of them finally got some bathrooms and some showers for us there. And it was starting to feel more like home, but the people there were so friendly, and it's nice to know that halfway across the world that we can worship with others, and we can have services with other believers, and to know that, uh, that God is everywhere. And as you can see, there's, we put a facade on this building, and that whole, I mean, you may think, well, you're just, you know, making the front of a building look better. But our hopes and dreams are is that somebody walking down that street looks at that facade and says, wow, that is nice. There's a cross up there. I wonder what's going on in that building. Because believe me, from the outside, it doesn't look like it's a church. But to know that it might draw people in and Kathy and them did a garden around the back, they can look at that and say, wow, there's there's." some life going on here. Wow, somebody cares enough about this to clean this up and put a garden in. And I wanna know what's going on there. So hopefully our time there and the little work that we did and putting a facade up and putting bathrooms in and getting to know the people there will draw people to that building. And I pray that we as a church pray for that team in Latvia, pray for Kuzan and Clarine and the rest of them that are involved in that church and to realize that we may be a little small church here, but there's a little small church over there also that we are now a part of and that we can pray for and that hopefully through our work, God will draw people into that church and the little church will become a large church. And when we go back and visit the next time, we can see all the progress that has come from that for the, for the work that we did. And uh, in talking about the team, there was 14 of us there and 13 of them were from this church. And the only one that wasn't is my brother came and he spent time with us there. And uh, I was so thankful that he fit right in. They, they made him part of the team and uh, he enjoyed it. And it was, it was great spending time for a week with my brother for the whole time we were there with my brother and that he 
became part of the team and hopefully, you know, you all can get to meet him sometime when he's in town. So uh, the trip was great and to realize that um, we are now um, able to pray for a church in Latvia that we know the faces of. You can see some of the people, there's Kuzan and his son grilling for us one day. They did, the food there was wonderful. Their family cooked, you know, their daughter did most of the cooking and uh, let's just say none of us came home um, hungry and uh, we didn't lose any weight there either. Oh, you did lose weight? Oh, well, most of us didn't lose weight there. So, you know, it was a great trip and we enjoyed it. And just thank you for all the prayers while we were there. Yeah, amen. Hi, um, my name's Debbie. I had the privilege of going to Latvia with this team. Uh, this was my second mission trip. My first mission trip ever was with Ryan and his family to Honduras. This trip was a lot longer plane ride, but I am so ready to go back. I said, I wanna, when I go back, I wanna spend a month to make it worth the plane ride. Uh, but it was, it was awesome. The, te the team worked so hard. They were great. We all found our, our, our place that God wanted us to do. Uh, I helped Carla a lot in the kitchen and it was just great being with her. I was there to kind of support her. And that was really cool. And then I found I, I painted. That was my, my specialty where um, Kathy was gardening. She made a beautiful space. Um, you know, when you paint, you have to do prep work first. So I was washing walls and ceilings and stuff. And they had these funky kind of baseboards I'd never seen before that like snap on and off. And when you pull them off, there's all this dirt under it. And God spoke to me about how all the things that are hidden come to the surface. So that was a big thing for me, sorry. <laughs> you know I don't like these microphones. Um, but it, it was just an amazing, amazing trip. And it was like coming home because I knew uh, Clarine and Kuzan and the girls. And just being with them, again, was just awesome. And they are true, true missionaries. They truly are the epitome of what a family of missionaries are. So just continue to support and pray for them. They are amazing people. Um, that's all. Well, all I can say is wow. As a, as a team leader uh, for the trip, I uh, was introduced to Kazan and Clarine. Uh, about eight to ten years ago through Ryan and uh, we've developed a special relationship with them and uh, so it was really super good to see them all together again um, they've been separated uh, from different uh, missions and Costa Rica and Nicaragua uh, here in Harrison Ohio um, and then now Latvia where they're all together but what a privilege and blessing. There's only about, what, five, seven, six of us standing here, but John, Brian, Joby, Chris, Carol, um, Dan, who's not here, uh, as Bob said, um, the team went over there. We had fundraisers that you guys um, was contributing to, and God blessed us. But when we went over there, I had the privilege of just sitting back and watching. Um, people really give from here. Really give from time, talent, and treasure tirelessly 
long hours of the day, and we didn't want to stop. Joby and Chris worked diligently on bathroom issues, trying to get plumbing, and it was just a, you know, Satan was trying to stop, but he's, he didn't have a foothold because that place is going to prosper. Um, but 14 people just went over there and gave their hearts. And you always go over thinking, now we're going to bless these people, knowing that when you come home, you're blessed 10 times fold. Um, so it was, it was a real privilege. Uh, Clarine told me something <laughs> about eight years ago when we were talking, and this was uh, back at Whitewater, about um, that she had a vision for me for, for a missionary, and I laughed at her. Wasn't on my horizon, wasn't in my wheelhouse. Little did I know that he knew that that was going to change for me. Uh, since then, I've been to Honduras, I've been to Cebu. I'm on the, the board for Kingdom Legacy Ministries uh, for the feeding program there. And then, obviously, we got to go to Latvia this year. But um, she asked me when I got to see her again, how's that working for you? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, you have to be careful what you wish for when you pray because God gives you more. Um, so it was, really, it was really special because she had shared a vision um, that she had with uh, the church and how it's growth about uh, people coming trumpets from east, north, south, and west. So the night that Ryan asked us all to take an hour, those of us who did pray through the night, um, sitting on the couch from my time from one to two, and uh, they had a tree that Clarine had got with lights on it. So I was sitting there praying as I looked up at the tree, and I started, you know how you, you just stare at something and it just becomes a blob. And all of a sudden, lights on the tree begin to multiply. And they multiplied so much that they multiplied into a heart. And down at the heart was the brightest part of this heart. And then there was stuff going out all over the place. And I thought, maybe it's roots. What is this? And I saw people walking on these pathways to what I thought was the center of this heart, which was which, which at the church. And so I shared this with uh, Clarine. And uh, it, it just reified what God had spoke to her about. And so we're going to pray diligently. And we ask all of you to do the same um, because we have now a family in uh, Latvia, uh, Vineyard Florence there. Uh, there was lots of special things that went on. We don't have time to tell you all of them. Yeah. Uh, Kathy and I did get to uh, uh, join their worship team uh, with Lauda and Ivan and, and play and sing with them. It was just a blessing. So uh, can't say enough. Amen. Amen. Thanks, team. Thank you all. Um, and, and the thing that, like, just so a little bit, of, like, definition on some of these terms is, like, so we went there, and they were gifted an old Soviet-era foundry. So you can imagine the beauty and craftsmanship that the Soviet Union put into an outpost uh, facility. It, this place was a hot mess. I mean, it looked like something you'd see like on Schindler's List. And it was just a, a mess of a place. And um, I love, uh, like in Ecclesiastes, it says that the Lord's made everything beautiful in its time. 
I don't think this, this thing ever had a time it was beautiful until recently, where it was just cool like to take this kind of dumpster of a place and just watch what they're doing there. They're just a church plant. So someone asked me, Chris Harris asked me earlier, or, or Chris's wife, Angel, said like, why Latvia? Why are we invested in Latvia? And the, the biggest reason how you've heard us talk about before, like we are, we are um, we're building a, a culture of spirit-empowered disciple-making movements. Uh, my friend Kuzan and his wife Clarine, they're from South Africa. I met them in Kansas City years ago. And they're, they're just honestly, um, Carl and I often say, uh, like when we grow up, we wanna be Kuzan and Clarine. These are just people that exude Jesus in ways that most people don't. And their love for God, the body, just the way that God's used them in many, many nations to do missions, to bring hope and light. Um, we just fell in love with them when we met them. And they've just got such a humble, gentle, prayerful, pa uh, patient approach where they count on the Lord for everything. I mean, literally, these people have lived on a shoestring budget, never more than 35,000 bucks a year, and God has just used them in amazing ways. I mean, they literally operate with nothing, and God just keeps multiplying people, 